for the players. I'm Ryan Betson. I'm drunk. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Nah, I'm Max Cooper. And this <clears throat> is for the players, the pop culture expression podcast. Over 40 years of playing PlayStation and 10 plus years that games has been combined. Thank you for joining us in this PlayStation conversation. This PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8am on podcast services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify and 9am on those YouTubes. If you'd like to take part in future conversations with us, come and check out our socials, Facebook, Discord, Instagram, and X. All of those links can be found in the description below. Yeah, and Max only had one drink. You just wait to see if we give him two. Actually, this is this is number five. Are you dead serious? Holy shit. Well, if you want to enjoy the conversation, if you want to enjoy Max getting <laughs> shit-faced as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash popcultures, where you can watch us record this show live, where you can jump in the chat and become part of the show. If you want to support the show, you can tell your friends, tell your family about this position pod. If you are, <laughs> if you are listening yeah. to the podcast show, be sure it's a five-star rating and a written review. If you watch us on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment below. I endeavor to answer every single comment. If you want to support us financially, you can at patreon.com slash popcultures, as well as our merchandise store, popcultures.com slash shop, where you buy shirts, other assorted shit, without logos on it. Man, because I'm out of booze. going to be fun tonight. Yeah, I'm out of booze. If I had some, oh, I've got, I've got some shitty booze. I don't want to drink shitty booze. Could, could get a glass of wine going. Maybe I can, maybe I could duck off, have a smoke, come back. That'll be fun. Fucking get, get wine drunk and whinge about prices. Oh, dude, I've been wine drunk on pods before. It's messy. It's very messy. It's fun though. I, I would, I would, I would hundred percent do a wine drunk show again. I'm down. You want to get, want to get super rowdy one show? <laughs> sure. Next showcase, a really important moment was fucking ruined. No, nah, we'll go for like the end of year fucking <clears throat> um uh the, the the announcement of the um the the scorecard for the uh oh yeah yeah Yeah. oh the predictions oh that should be pretty much done yeah uh, spider-man thinks the only thing that we would be waiting on oh yeah probably yeah yeah how's things apart from like five drinks deep you know you're doing right Uh, just getting the getting the house ready wait did you go to fucking work yeah dude (laughs) how you gonna get to work you got a buzz on I, I mean, to be fair, it's not in a row. Oh. But I've been pacing myself. Lame. Um, what's been happening? Not much. Yeah. Mum's coming down tomorrow. Hey, getting, getting, the house, getting the house ready for baby number two, which is oh, literally Can you like please update everyone at home about Chungus? About little chunk. About, about little chungus. <laughs> yeah. Because we'll, you've updated. Uh, okay, I'll give you the quick rundown. Max can be updated. So, Max's partner, Ali, she's pregnant. Super fucking pregnant. Like, little one isn't due until the first week, or second week of October, around PAX weekend, so around the 8th. Um, so, due to Ali's diabetes, um, little, we've named him Bradley. Um, Ali hates it. Uh, <laughs> so, little Bradley is uh, scheduled to come out real fucking soon because, uh, quote, he huge, said he Dr. Huge. Yeah, so my wife has had to go into the hospital every two days to get to get monitored to make sure he's not growing too big. And every time they go back, they're like, he keeps growing. He's not stopping. He's, 
Can't stop words out, words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's uh, he big, he big, he big, big. big so dude. people keep giving us baby clothes that he's clearly not going to fucking no. fit into. No, well, Ali's, Ali, Ali pulled out one of Hadley's onesies. She's like, "Oh, I might take this to the hospital." She's like, I'm "Super concerned. This little bastard's not going to fit into." <laughs> so, how big was Hadley when she was born? Like, like four and a half kilos. Yeah. Yeah, so I forget like, what James like was. Like nine pounds something, like not not insignificant. Yeah, James was about the same, but he was tall. So he was mm. long. So like, mm. I don't really remember there being a time when he was little. Like Hadley is like so much littler than Mike, than, than James, like my son. Mm. And like, granted, there's a couple of years in between them, but like just he's got, he's got his father-in-law's body type, just tall and lanky. So, yeah, it looks like Bradley's going to look exactly like you right now. Not you when you were a baby, you right now. Full blown <laughs> in your 30s, Max, is what about to come out of Ellie. Yeah, pretty much. By Caesar, because it would obliterate her front area. Like hip and shoulders. It would be like, uh, it'd suddenly become like a double door garage. Gross. Ew, yeah, that's a bit gross. Oh. It's vivid imagery. Anyway, yeah, big babies. How's she doing with all this? Uh well, she's she's now finished up at work, so she's she's officially on mat leave. Oh, we're able to bring her forward. No, this is when she was supposed to finish. Okay. So yeah, fun, fun times. The Mullet Show. She's basically giving birth to a luchador. She's basically giving birth to a cannonball. Just just a dense star. So yeah, that's what that's what our week has been. Is just getting shit ready to. Mm. <clears throat> For the arrival of number two. Are you, are you ready for number two? No, not at all. No? Oh, that's interesting. No. I mean, can one ever be ready? No. No, you really can't. There's no there's no way to accurately be ready for baby. Baby yeah. happens, and then you adjust. You may, you, may, you may adjust well. You may adjust poorly, like I did. I had a, I had a full-blown breakdown when my son was born. But... Yeah. So, yeah. What about you? How's your week been? My week's been good. Um... Not a whole lot to report. I was in Newcastle for work, which is a new place, which was fun. I do like hanging out in the Newcastle office. Um, uh, this weekend has been busy. Obviously, today being Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you, Max. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to yourself. Thank you, you big mother father. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was good to have my son over for today. Uh, we went We went to go to Bounce, the tr- trampoline places we love. However... We made the uh, ill decision to not eat before we went, and including my son, because as he's a little ADHD, little Edda boy himself, so he and I are both medicated, which also destroys our appetite during the day. And we're like, we're all good to go. But when you haven't eaten, and the only thing you've had that day for him was like an up and go and some water, and that's it. We went to the, we went to the trampoline. Plus with his meds, you med unless you eat, your meds make you really nauseous. Um, and then he's just like bouncing, bouncing, bouncing for about twenty minutes. We were there for the two o'clock one. We got there about quarter two, and it was so fucking dead. I think there was like twenty people over the whole venue. It was incredible. So we're just like jumping across trombolines. We go to the dodgeball area. We're having a storm, and then I look over him. And he's like, "Daddy," I'm like, "What?" And he's like, Hur. "I'm like, oh shit." And thankfully, because his tummy was empty, it was just water. He was able to sort of catch it and like hold it under his shirt, which is also gross. But then we quickly got him down and got him cleaned up. And he's like, I just want to go home. 
Like, no worries, bud. So because we were there for two o'clock session and we got there early, it was so dead. We just kind of snuck in and we were there till about 10 past two. So we got a little bit of about 20-ish minutes in, um, 25 minutes, which is not so bad. Yeah, and then he wanted out. So we went home, cleaned him up and just watched TV for the rest of the day. Yesterday, um, I was at uh, DMDU, my, one of my deathmatch companies, uh, one of the rest companies that I work for, deathmatch down under. We had our dream tournament, which is death rules everything around me. Uh, so I was commentating on that. That was a ton of fun. Uh, I took Phoebe for her first ever deathmatch show. She, that's my partner. So she has <clears> never <throat> been to a deathmatch show in her, in, never seen deathmatch in her life. Apart from like one no ring show. The no ring shows are very, very different because you're in a bar. There's only so much you can do. But when it's a wrestling show and you've got the ring and you've got all the extra stuff you can fuck with, um, I was like, you know, if you've never been to a deathmatch show before, how about you watch nine deathmatches in a row? And she's like, all right. And she was there for so about three or four matches. And she's like, I'm tired. I'm going home. I'm like, okay. Because because she's the giant introvert, the idea like the the stimulus that comes from nine death matches is a lot for me. Being the big extroverted weirdo that I am, loved it, and I and I was on comms, so I had to like throw a thousand times more energy into it. Fucking awesome, awesome. The final match ended with uh, the boards being removed from the from the ring and, two, and replacing the board with two glass panes. Uh, they threw themselves through those glass panes. They shattered. Then as they clawed themselves out of that, like, death pit of hell, um, the couple of boards that were left got set on fire and someone got uh, slammed into said fire and then choked out. Did anyone die? No. People got, some people got really fucking hurt. There's a lot it's of fun. damage, a lot of bleeding. Um, yeah, it was one guy. His name's Michael Weaver. I was changing my... Because he was he was fucking gushing. I saw him at the end of the night and he still got a bandage on his head, right? I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you, like, it looked cool, but like, are you all right? He's like, yeah, I had like 14 aspirin. That's why. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, he's a bigger dude, but like, that's a fuckload of aspirin. Explain why he bled for like ever. Yeah. And at the end of the night, he's like, yeah, it's still bleeding. Like, not hard, but still bleeding. Mm. God damn, that's not safe. We had, there's all, always first aid there and stuff. He's fine. But yeah, that was my weekend. Just mostly doing that. What do Friday night? I mean, something Friday night. Oh, I had my, my son had a, his school concert. That was awesome. He went and did a little dancey on stage. That was pretty cool. That's enough about us. Let's get into the section we call uh, what we've been playing. And we talk about, funny enough, what we've been playing. Now, let's what get have you the, been playing? Mm, fuck all is the short answer. Um, Classic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I played some Overcooked mm. with my son today. Well, because the problem that I had is because I spent a couple of days in like interstate... And it was only a couple of days, so I didn't take my PlayStation. So that threw me out. Um, <clears throat> and thanks, thanks to the team at PlayStation Australia, I do have a we do have a review code for Firewall Ultra, which is the PSVR shooting game. Um, be meaning to do that, but once again, like, it was one of those moments where Monday everything was booked for me to fly out Tuesday. Like it's one of those moments of I oh cool I'm I'm here for the week. This is what I'll do, and then literally is one of those we need to fly out tomorrow. I'm like. No worries. That was fun. I don't, think, I don't think it was Monday to Tuesday, but whatever day it was this week. Same thing. Mm. So I'll be fucking around with that over the next week. Um, haven't touched any more Immortals. Um, I played a little bit of Palia, which is fine. But what I've really been doing 
is having the utmost fucking FOMO for Starfield. Like, it's uh, it's in its early release window, reviews are out, it's looking fucking sexy, and even though, yes, this is a PlayStation show, it would be insane of us to not think about, talk about, or want to play Starfield. Now, I... Because I was... Obviously, it, it released uh friday morning um under the early access so it's like pay 130 dollars i'm like no thank you uh you know or you can get it through game pass and pay 60 bucks and get it early i'm like also no thank you because then i forever have to be tied to game pass so that's gross um you did i did so let's talk starfield okay let's talk Starfield. <clears throat> uh yeah so i got it through games pass so paid it it was like 50 bucks um yeah. i'm tethered to games pass as it is i got my xbox for telstra so i'm just paying my monthly fee mm-hmm. um i got it for pc um i have played maybe two and a half hours it's good mm. really enjoying it so i think i've said it multiple times on the show before space themed games really don't do it for me like any space themed anything mm. not a star wars guy not a star trek guy like space is normally my exit point for like fantasy mm-hmm. i i'm more of a high fantasy guy as opposed to a sci fantasy guy it's real good it's real yeah. good um so i've done i've essentially done like the opening tutorial mission where it kind of onboards you onto the game you start off as essentially a uh like a miner like on a on, on some mining planet they're yeah, like yeah, yeah not, not a miner a miner have you have you a fucking space laser go mine me some rocks and you stumble upon what will lead to the main scenario quest of you find an artifact and you start going on to that all right having not That's played starfield and also really wanting to and the comparisons have been out there about like it's like no man's sky no man's sky does that it drops you on a fucking planet and makes you laser rocks is it more fun than that yes and no so i have not lasered any rocks since that initial tutorial mission because like fuck that that's good there's some different the differences the main differences between no man's sky and starfield is starfield looks better than no man's sky did there's way more the the worlds are more populated in starfield than what they are in already better already better but they're way smaller in scope. That's fine. But like significantly smaller in scope to the point where if you walk too far away from a from a point of interest in Starfield, it literally invisible walls you and say you can't go any further. There's nothing there. Fuck off. Go back. Go back yeah. to your ship. Okay. Look. So uh, look to comment on. So that. so essentially, what it does is it instances you in a spot, generates a world around you. A world around you, but it is a finite spot. You cannot walk around the globe and go back to where you started That's from. That's fine. I quite so, like that a lot more. So it's one of those things. It's where, though, we discuss... I think it was They didn't like, technically hold up to their promise of you can go and explore all these worlds. It's you can explore tiny little subsections of a world that mm-hmm. we will generate for you, and then you can piss off and go somewhere else. Yeah, so that doesn't make me mad. Because, like, once again, if we talk about, like, the, the Fopen worlds that we saw... That's F-A-U, by the way. X, Fopen worlds. Like, that's, like, the ones we saw in uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy. Uh, the second Tomb Raider game. Was it Shadow of the Tomb Raider? Um, wait, no, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Like, they're fucking cool. Because, like, you get these sense of open world, but, like, because it's constructed... 
that can actually make it worthwhile. Like if we talk about No Man's Sky and like, yeah, you can go around all these worlds, but a lot of it is useless fucking space. It's wasted. It's nothing of value. Where here, at least you know, if you land on this random planet, you are going to get a fucking cool experience because it's tailored. Even if it's procedurally generated by- You may not get a cool experience. There may be nothing in that area that that is loaded in for you. Like- it's it's just a smaller space to explore. Yeah, and like so, even if it's nothing, it could be a better nothing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like rather than having to scope a whole world, like well, let's just make it kind of cool here, and we can do this and this geographical feature, or who you know whatever. My my biggest so, actually sounds great. My biggest complaint so far is there's way too much menuing. Menuing? Well, it's it's an RPG. Uh yeah, but it's not menuing to look through your inventory. It's menuing to go to a different planet. It's like oh. you have to menu to fly from one system to another and then menu to fly from the system to the planet then menu from the planet to the point of interest that you want to fly to there's no seamless flight from from planet oh. to system back to planet okay it's not no man's sky you can't just fucking take off or fly out mm. or fly in it's a loading screen each time that's a little bit shit um, like, like that on, is one of the greatest features of no man's sky mm, is like that, um, depending on Depending on how ship how shit your ship is, you have to do multiple grav jumps to get to different places. Mm. So I found one of the first enemies I killed had a, a secret note on him saying, hey, we've got a secret base at this coordinate. I had to do five grav jumps to get to there. Mm. So I had to jump through five different systems to get there. I couldn't just go from A to B. I had to go from A to B to C. Is that because of like, your ship? All the way through. Yeah, once you get a better ship, you can grab jump a little bit further, but again, it's more menuing each time. You got to menu out, menu back in, menu out, menu back in. It, it is a bit tedious, and then you're hitting load screens each time. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I'm running it on a solid state drive, so the load the load times are insignificant, but it still does take you out. Does it fade to black so, and then then back out pretty quick, sort of thing? Pretty much, you kind of it, it fades out. You sh- you see your you see your ship fly out, and then you kind of just there. Mm. just fine the space combat's all right takes a little bit to get used to because you have to manually control all the shit on your ship so you have to lower the power for the grav boosters and increase the power for your your shields that sounds like what is it was it elite dangerous yeah yeah it sounds kind of elite dangerous nerdy but like like, not quite um it's not too difficult it's fairly it's fairly simplistic but it's enough there that it kind of does make you, you know you it does pull you out a little bit to, to get that set up and then go back into the fights. Okay. I haven't done much space combat. It's not for me. I like just the moment-to-moment gameplay when you're on the ground is great. Mm-hmm. How's the first-person shooting? Because, like, in Fallout 4, it was better than, like, 3. The first-person like- shooting's great, but the very f- one of the very first pop-ups you see in the game is, like, hey, use the scroll wheel and you can fucking play in third-person. You can't really play in third-person. The combat's not great in third person. Well, that 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 also goes for Fallout, right? So that's why the VAT system existed because in Fallout yeah. Three they couldn't make the first person shooting work well, so, so they had to use VAT. Is there a VAT style system in Starfield? If there if there is, I haven't unlocked it yet. Okay. Again, I'm very early, and I've literally done the tutorial mission and the first main scenario mission. Mm. Um, it looks good. The character creations fairly well designed um the choice of like perks and feats for your starting character aren't great mm. most of them, having 
going in blind and not knowing what is in the game, it's hard to be like, well, this is going to be useful down the road, or this could be useful, this could be interesting. The same with your starting class. Your starting class means fuck all. Okay. It li- it, your starting class essentially is what your first three skill points are spent on. Okay. That's not and a bad sen- thing. I quite like that. You essentially start the game... you're locked in or something if it's a shit decision. But there's no... There's no level cap. If you want to unlock every single perk on the skill tree, you are entitled to do that. It'll take you fucking ages, but you can do that. Okay. Um, the, the, the skill tree is locked behind uh, certain things, so you've got to spend... It's a tiered system, so you have to spend X amount of points in the top tier to unlock the next tier, and so on and so forth. And then each individual perk itself has an upgrade up to a tier 4, I believe it is, and you have to do certain things. So, like, for instance, um, one, of the, one of the ones that I started with was um melee weapons deal more damage Mm. and then once you get 20 melee kills you can upgrade it then it's 50 melee kills and then it's so on and so forth okay um the resource management is kind of iffy at times Uh, so you have to manage your oxygen and carbon dioxide interesting okay so obviously if you sprint you lose you use a lot more oxygen than your suit fills with carbon dioxide and if you keep sprinting you'll just start taking damage because you don't have oxygen to breathe. Makes sense. Um, if you're over-encumbered and you're just walking, you'll lose oxygen. So you can't you can't just, like, take a bunch of loot, which is annoying because there's fucking loot everywhere. Mm. Okay. Um, so I've had to throw a bunch of shit on the ground just to be like, I can't take you, I'm sorry. I need to be able to walk. Um, but yeah, like I said, I've played maybe two hours. I'm very early in, but so far I am enjoying my time with it. So one of the big things that... that the Sorry, Bethesda Softworks love to do is, is is the world, but the people that live within it as well. So how are you finding the interactions with NPCs? Is the story compelling? Is there things that want you to move on to the next thing or talk to that or do that side quest? Well, I like I said, I did get... I literally got distracted in the very first main scenario quest by... by basically, what happened was I was, I was on the, the... The main scenario quest had me uh, trying to rescue someone who was missing. Mm. Um, and they're like, their, lo- their last known location was at this space station. I rock up to the space station, I dock my ship, I get out, space pirates are attacking. I kill this dude, and on his person is a, a note saying, here are the cool coordinates oh, yeah, yeah. to our secret base. So I'm like, oh, I'm gonna fucking check out this secret base. I, I just left. Went to the secret base. It was filled with like level 30 dudes. I'm level 2 at the time. It's filled with level 30 fucking space pirates. I go in destroy all of them come out with a bunch of fucking legendary swag that i don't think i'm supposed to have yet got a brand new ship fucking stole all their shit went back and saved the guy (laughs) (laughs) like there's cool stuff in the world to find but it's one of those things where like again i'm not super far in i can't see where this is gonna go it does to a degree seem like it's going to be a lot of fetch quests and it's going to be fetch quests across fucking galaxies as opposed to standard go here, RPG come back. Trope, yeah. Just standard RPG trope. Like it's, it, it is what it is. Um, it's just going to be in a much fucking larger scale, especially if I have to go menu, jump here, menu, jump here, menu, jump here, menu, land, then get out of the ship. Mm. Then I have that autonomy of walking around doing my own thing, and then it's back in the ship. Menu jump, menu jump, menu jump, menu jump. So like, okay. it has its pros and cons. So far, the game's running well. Obviously, I'm playing it on PC. It looks great. It's playing well. But yeah, there's just those those little hitches that kind of is like, 
I can understand that on a game of the scale that they tried to make, sacrifices did have to be made. Mm. And because of the way the system's built, they couldn't have possibly made it seamless like No Man's Sky where you just fucking fly out and do your do your own thing. Yeah. But having having experienced that, it does kind of suck that it's this missing here. Okay. But but from a an understanding standpoint, I recognize why it's not there. Yeah. Because I, I would imagine it would have just caused way too many fucking problems. Yeah, and that's the thing. So, to like Bethesda's, I'll, because, I'll get into my thoughts. Because, but like, because at its core, this is a role playing game, not a fucking spaceship game. Which is role playing. And they've, and yeah, they've you nailed are role playing. And they've, and they've and they've nailed the role playing part of it. Yeah. And they've, yeah, it's a, it's a role playing game in space. It's not a, it's not a, like, it's not a. You're not role playing a space captain. You're role playing a. If you, yeah, a pilot kinda. system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, Look, everything you've said so far isn't not selling me. Like, I still want to play the fuck out of it, and I will. And when it drops on Tuesday, I'll 100 be getting in. Um, because yeah, all that sounds incredible. Like, mm. apart from the laser in the rocks, that part kind of does me out. But even the menu system, because within within the understanding of that role playing, it makes too much sense, right? Mm. So I think it's I'm, I'm interested to see how that comes together i'm curious to see how it looks because bethesda's uh, creative engine has been shitty for so long so so long and apparently this is the creative engine too so i'm keen to see what it looks like in in this world how it runs how it plays like is is that bethesda jank still present you know, and how is it looking? Is it glitching? Is it doing all the shit that we normally see? Mm. Um, I like that they're building from the sounds upon their legacy and their, their previous games. Like Fallout 4 had the introduction of some of those things where they had a survival mode. So you start to bring in like balance and food and sleep and all these things, which sounds like they're bringing in here a little bit with mm-hmm. the, the needs for oxygen and carbon dioxide. There's still, you can sleep and heal and do all that stuff. Yeah. Like, but the, no, the, you know, the, like the requirements of the survival mode is that you had to sleep, mm. you had to eat, like all that sort of stuff. So it'd be cool for anyone that wants that. The thing for me, and as you're talking about this, I'm I'm constantly thinking like, how does this compare to Outer Worlds? Because Outer Worlds is a space RPG made by Obsidian, who made objectively the best Fallout game in, you know, Fallout New Vegas. Mm. And I really like Outer Worlds like a lot. I think it's a very it's a very very well done game, and the world is incredible. And that has the same concept. You like you can't freely jump from planet to planet. You can go to your ship and fly wherever you want, but you can't physically fly it. Um, mm. So it's a similar concept, which I think, with the grand scope of everything else, I don't see the inability the inability to do that being a problem. Uh, I think that's well more than reasonable in in what they're doing. Oh yeah, for sure. Because um, I do think you know we think about the idea of the future of these next gen consoles, the future of gaming being this, that, the other. There are some things we simply cannot get around. And if you want the scope of this in this way, then you, as you mentioned, you have to make accommodations in other ways. So it would be ideal if we could do that, but I don't think that's something you could do and have it look like this, have it play like this, have the 
ability to pick up fucking anything and put it in your bag mm. and you know you do something over here you fuck off over there you come back and it remembers like to like to the credit of the likes of skyrim uh or fallout 4 most recent examples of course like if you killed a fucking dragon in skyrim at the start of the game, you fuck off, do a thousand other things, you come back to Whiterun, where that where you killed that dragon outside, that skeleton's still there. Like, the, the level of thinking that the engine has to have to remember all those things, it's fucked. Like, that's why on PS3, Skyrim would break, because the save files would get so large yeah. that the system couldn't process it. Like you're like, there's too many things, and there's too many things this game has to remember. You yes, murder have heard too much. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm keen to see. Obviously, I'm really keen to to, to throw it, my 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 new PC at it and give it a go, and that'd be exciting. But especially with Baldur's Gate three coming out this week on PlayStation, which, um, available now for yeah, early get, access. Yeah, if you get deluxe, like why pay 125? You can play 90, whatever it was. So. I'm probably going to like, it's one of those things where I, I'm not a super hard sci-fi guy. I like more of your popcorn sci-fi, like your Star Wars, less your Star Trek, less your Stargate. Um, but I'm not a high fantasy guy either. So trying to find that balance for me is like Baldur's Gate 3 looks fucking awesome and it's great. And Starfield looks to be equally incredible, in but mm. in a different genre. Then on top of that, total first world complaint. I don't have to buy them. <laughs> you know, we reached out to uh, the team behind, like Larry and the team behind Baldur's Gate, and they're like, "No, I'm like, yeah, that's fair." And I and I emailed the team here for Bethesda in, in Australia. Haven't got a response yet, but I was like, "Hey, like I know we do a PlayStation show, but how the fuck can we not talk about this game?" Like, mm. come on, like, console wars are dumb. And I haven't heard back yet, so I might hear something, you know, tomorrow or Tuesday. But um, I thought that'd be a fun gimmick, you know? Just, like, PlayStation players... play, You know, PlayStation fans play Starfield. And it's good. You know what I mean? Because, like, imagine it. Like, I, I, what I'm looking across the internet right now is just this gross console war discourse. Everyone's trying to bury this game that they likely haven't played yet just because it's not on their console of choice. Now, we do that too, but ours is jokingly. Like, we really don't give a flying fuck. Like, we just talk about games that interest us or games that are good or whatever. You know? Sure, good games, good games. And like I and the difficulty that Microsoft have had is their games haven't been good for a long time. And technically, this isn't one of their games either. This was long in development before they fucking showed up. As we know, this was almost an exclusive. That's why Microsoft bought them. That's exciting. That makes me want to play it fucking more. You know? So there's that. But I'm super fucking keen. The other game I've been playing this week is, thanks to uh, Bandai Namco Australia, I've been playing fucking Armored Core Oh, yeah! I about that. Yeah, man, shout um, out to them. I think I, I think I found the one FromSoft game that I fucking suck at. Oh, no. <laughs> so Armored Core is back. Uh, this is my first foray into Armored Core. Yeah, I didn't um, it at all. I kind of skipped it back at the PlayStation, early PlayStation era. Um, 
this was kind of my my am I a FromSoft guy or am I a Dark Souls guy? Mm, and the answer um, is Dark Souls guy. Oh no, I'm enjoying this game. I just suck at it. Okay, cool. <laughs> so it's not that I'm like bad at the game. Mm-hmm. It's that I struggle to realize what because obviously this game um, you play as an armored core, essentially like a gigantic mech Gundam suit type thing that are fully customizable. You can change the headgear, the chest gear, the legs, the arms, the weaponry on the shoulders, the arms, everything. Everything's customizable. Like Zordon and, shit. Yeah. And I'm not good at picking the right equipment for the mission that I'm doing at the time. I find something that I like and I kind of stick to it. Mm. And because I'm stubborn and old, I'll keep bashing my head against the I'm wall to what I want. And I will because, never change. The yeah, because ch- all change is fucking bad and scary. It's true. Uh, <laughs> so I spoke to spoke to one of the friends of the show, Joel, who had been playing it. Joel Grelton, um, anygame.com. Yeah, Joel, Go check him out. Yeah, he had been playing it for uh, for a while before I uh, before I was. Yeah, look, that's like, my hey, man, bad. I totally forgot to email uh, the team and then I forgot and <laughs> then I forgot again. And then I literally emailed and I said, look, I'm really like, Max is going to yell at me. And thankfully they're cool. So it worked out well. Oh, and, and, I'm oh, like, hey. and also you owe them a drink at PAX, just so you know. I That's did, fair. Uh, I, yeah, that. I, I did put that in there when the code came through. And um, I'm like, am I, am I doing something wrong? I got to the second boss. The first boss, Cakewalk, was fine. Had no problems. Got to the second boss, which seems to be the boss that a lot of people were getting stuck at. Mm. I'm like, hey, am I am I doing something wrong? Like, what? What am I doing wrong here? And he's like, what weapons are you using? I'm like, oh. Got, got a fucking yeah. laser sword. Got a laser sword on my left hand. I got a fucking pulse rifle on my right. He's like, nah, dude, just, just dual equip these, cakewalk. And I literally went in there and fucking one shot the boss from that. Is that kind of? Like, is this cakewalk. kind of like some rock paper scissors Pokemon nonsense? Yeah. So essentially, there's um, there's like three or four different like weaponry types, mm. and one of them just happened to be really good at melting the shield type that he had. Okay. So I just instantly dropped his shield every time because there's a there's essentially a uh, when fighting enemy armored cores they there's essentially they have like armor? A, there's like a stun what a, meter. What a fucking thought. <laughs> no, there's like a stun meter where if you do enough damage in a in a certain amount of time, um, it essentially armor breaks them, so they they can't move, they can't attack, well, that's handy. and they and they take, uh, I think the the term that they use is true damage. And you can just melt them. So I did that. So I'm, I've finished chapter one in its entirety. I've played the first couple of missions in chapter two because each of the each of the areas are standalone missions. I think there's about four to five missions in each chapter so far. A um, couple of boss fights throughout. So, some of the chap- uh, some of the missions are significantly easier than others. It's like, hey, go on a recon scouting mission. We just want you to find a few points of interest, scan them, come back. Some of them would be like, hey, there's enemy rovers out here. We want you to go take out these, uh, then come back. So essentially, uh, you are playing, you start the game off as a mercenary uh, as you as you land on this, this planet, and everyone's looking for uh, a certain type of resource to, to help create something. I can't, for the life of me, I can't think of what the, the resource is called. Mm-hmm. But it's essentially, um, this resource has become extinct on other planets, they have a feeling that it's going the same way here, where it's causing these natural event, um, these natural disasters. They're like, "Hey, we've got to get as much of this stuff as we can." So there's essentially like warring corporations that are hiring mech drivers or mech pilots to fucking protect their shit while they go in and mine all this crap. So okay. it's just you kind of working your way through 
trying to build yourself up and be like, hey, you want me? Let's do this. I can do this. You have your own hand. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really cool. I wish I was better at it. It's so fast paced compared to like a Souls game because obviously you're literally flying and boosting around and dodging fucking 30 million missiles flying at you at once. It's really cool though. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm enjoying the short mission structures. I can get into a couple of missions and bounce out without, you know, taking up too much time. The, um, having that, that customization on your Mac is really awesome once you get into it and you kind of know what you're doing because obviously the heavier your shit, the less boost you have, the slower you move. And then there's the whole, you know, if you are you going to be a bipedal mech? Are you going to have a fucking tank body? Oh. And on wheels and hover. Sorry, my brain went legs. to like like a quadruped, like like a big fucking tiger. That'd be sick. That's um, Voltron shit. And, and then, then like, like, no, it's like, and they're like, are you having bipedal legs that are that are front facing or rear facing? Because if they're rear facing, you can fucking jump higher. Oh, you get that old uh, cricket legs. Yeah. yeah. So there's all those things that you need to think about before you launch the mission to work out, you know, what's going to be the best to meet the objective at hand. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's really cool. It's yeah. really cool. I'm really enjoying my time with it. <clears throat> yeah, that's none of that sounds like a Betson game. So shout out to you. Because like I'm not, I'm not a fan of Gundams. I'm not a fan it's, of fucking Frontsoft. It's, it's definitely not Mech Souls. Okay, that's good. Like add it to Armored Core, completely different. <laughs> well, with that in mind, like how do you think you know this is a step step to the an adjacent step? For like FromSoft? Yeah. Like a lateral, yeah, like it's kind of well, I, in the I, same I, vein, but it's not. Because even like wow. Sekiro or Sekiro, the fuck you want to say it, like is wow. not within the Soulsborne esque genre, but it's close enough that it's similar. I mean, I mean Armored Core was one of FromSoft's earliest titles. Yeah, they yeah, did no, Armored yeah. Core way before like Souls was even a thing. Oh, most so. definitely. But like since that pivot into Dark Souls, they've. Comp- uh, sorry, Demon Souls. No. Yeah, Demon Souls. Yeah. They have fundamentally followed, like they've changed their company, like and they yeah. followed that method. And this is the first game since Demon Souls, really. Oh, except for that one VR game, that was super weird. Mm. Oh, no, I want to say it's Enchanté, but that's something else. Um, oh fuck, it starts with D. Desiree or something, but that's a band. That's a singer. Whatever. Yeah. So apart from that. Like, they've kept very within this particular lane that they've created for themselves. So, I, yeah. gu- I guess the question I have for you is, like, yeah, does this feel like this is them stepping out of the, like, the Michael Sarah typecasting that they gave themselves? I don't think so. I think it's 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 essentially them going back to where they began. Yeah. It's, but, it's, but then like again, it's... but in that same breath, it's like, we're not going to see Naughty Dog go back and do Jack and Daxter. It's not going to happen. So, like, does it feel like it's they've now able to take all the principles that they've gotten? I mean... Ah, uh, Derecina, yeah. Thank you, Puck. I mean, that that remains to be seen. I mean, I guess it depends on whether or not they continue Armored Corps. I think this is the first one since... Five. Like, tw- yeah, 2010-ish? 2012, 2011? It's the first one in, like, 10 years that they've done. Mm. Like, I think since Armored Core 5... 2012, says Puck. Okay, so it came out the year after Dark Souls. Resident fact check of the Reverend Puck. Yeah, so it came out the year after Dark Souls. So since then, they've made only Dark Souls stuff. Mm. So I think it was... I think it may have just been a studio who went, hey, 
we had this fairly like niche but successful thing. Let's revisit it. We've we've got all this goodwill from Nerds. the Dark Souls, the Souls stuff. Let's let's see if we can still do something outside of that, but right up against that. Okay. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it. That's good. Yeah. Glad you're getting a kick out of it. So once again, big thank you to the team over at uh, Square Enix. Yeah. Alright, that's nothing. That's pretty much everything we've been playing. Nothing else you've even dabbled with? No, not this week. Yeah, Sweet. Alright, this is getting section called Inform the Players. We tell you about what happened this week in the PlayStations. This week is a very PlayStation-centric yeah. news But also topic. a quiet week. Um, and a fairly quiet week. So it's literally just PlayStation news and some SAG-AFRA stuff. No oh, yeah. quick bits. <gasps> I didn't no even, quick I didn't, bits. Oh my god, I didn't even check the games coming out this uh, this week. And right, Boulder's Gate's on that fucking list, you dog. I don't know. Right, let's just let's just I'll get this first Sorry. one out of the way, and then while I'm reading the next one, you can find out what games are coming out next, this week. Yeah. All right. So first up, let's talk about the September Essentials coming to PlayStation Plus next month. We have Saints Row, PS5, PS4, Black Desert Online, the Traveler Traveler Edition for PS4, and Generation Zero PS4. Um, I will put in a quick note. I haven't put it in the news. Um, Volition, the studio behind yeah. Saints Row, has been closed by Embracer Group. Um, all the people who are working there have been offered, uh, I believe, that Embra uh, Embracer are trying to place them in other positions if they want to be placed in other positions. Yeah. But the studio is closing down. Um, yeah, look, it's Black a... It's kind of meh. Yeah. Generation Zero was this weird fucking... I remember that um, game being poo, because like, yeah, it was just it... open world of nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So the only one of major interest is Saints Row. Oh, sorry. Of major consequence is Saints Row. Um, this is the 2022 one that was kind of slammed because it was not broken as Saints, fuck. It was not the Saints Row of old, and it was pretty fucking busted. I personally want to play the hell out of it. We never got we never got a code for it. And then I was like, oh, I'll buy that. And then I just got distracted. So like, I'll, I'm glad to check it out, see how it is. I imagine it's going to be poo, at least from the writing perspective. I don't see it being very strong. Um, but I'm still keen to, to give it a look at nonetheless. The other two wouldn't even phase me. But then again, like, you know, with the price of PS Plus right now, Max, you'd hope these fucking essential games would get better. Because let's get into this, right? All right. Now, you've got Australian prices here. Yes, you do. They Announced late this week, all tiers of PlayStation Plus will be increasing from the 6th of September. So, in two days... From the time this releases. So this coming Wednesday. So you got a whole whole week's notice. Get excited. These are the tiers. The essential tier, which is the entry point, starting, it started at $79.95 per year. It is now increased to $95.95 per year. The extra tier, $134.95 is now $169.95. And the deluxe edition, the deluxe version, because we don't have premium, goes from $154.95 to $196.95 a year. Fans, however, may be upset about this price like, ooh, shock. But according to Bloomberg reports, Sony shares increased by 3.4% in Tokyo on Friday, the most they have gained in a month. 
Well, yeah, because they're about to make fucking money. According to the CLSA, and what? According to CLSA analyst Amit Garg, this price increase should see Sony stand to gain an additional three hundred and seventy-five million dollars in operating profits annually. So, just a small, small reason. So, there's no like you know, it's not as if that you know they're so harm, like strong that they need to do this. But all right, uh, I have some things to say. Would you like to go first, Max? Unless they are, so I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly talk another news topic that I for some reason didn't put directly after this. So there is currently rumors that a PlayStation 2 emulator is currently in the works for PS5 and PS4. Mm. So according to a popular PlayStation YouTuber, Mystic claims to have it on oh, good Mystic's authority. Good. Yeah, Claims to have it on good authority that a new emulator is on the way to the PlayStation 5 and 4. Although he stopped short of sharing any specific details, it's probably worth noting at this point that Mystic historically has never built himself online as an insider or a leaker, but most of his stuff has been accurate. Yeah, Considering but, like, his how much good, yeah. Yeah. Considering how much work Sony has put into the aforementioned PS1 and PSP emulators, which are now included which now includes support for multiple regions as well as various other quality of life features like save states, rewinds, trophies. It does appear Sony is serious about bringing back content from its archives. If this is the reason why and we have access to and we get access to old PS2 titles through emulation for this, fine, but it shouldn't have happened until it launched. Um, if we're getting nothing from this price increase, this seems like a staggeringly high increase for nothing. Right. Because what they're offering currently is less than what we should already be fucking paying. There's the big catch, all right? We already pay an exorbitant amount of money for a fucking subpar system. Here's the thing. We don't even get the full fucking version. As we mentioned, our high tier premium, we don't get it. We get Deluxe because we don't have PlayStation Now here in Australia still. So we do not get any title that is released under the PS3 because Alison doesn't support it. Which, if you look at the games that have been releasing as part of the classics, which is what you're paying for as Deluxe, predominantly they are PS3 titles with the occasional PS1 title or the PSP. So we are paying near 200 fucking dollars a year or... To clarify, where's the spot here? Uh, $30 a year more for maybe one game a month. And it's not even the... 40, 40, $42 $42 a year. And it's not even the games you fucking want. They're like, oh, we have this incredible backlog of PlayStation first party, PS1 games, PSP games. And what did you get? Fucking four months of Siphon Filter. Congratulations. And, like, none of it has been fucking good. None of it's been good at all, right? And the PS2 games that we have had access to are the ones that were ported to PS4, right? And that's it. And once again, as you mentioned, if this emulation is good, okay, cool. The PS2 is not hard to emulate. The PS3 is. The, the PS1... The PS2 can be software emulated without too much of an ease. Too much difficulty, I should say. The PS5 is much stronger than the PS1 and PS2. If you can make the PS1 work, I would fucking hope that you can make the PS2 emulator work because the similarities are right there. Now, 
unless they're suddenly starting adding in Vita games as well, which why not? They created the PlayStation TV, a literal device used to up-res and make your Vita cards better to function on a TV, to be able to function without the use of the touchscreen and the touch buttons at the back. So the, the conversation around accessibility or, or adaptability is void completely. In short, this, this service was already not worth what they are charging. Then they made it more expensive and at this moment in time are giving us nothing extra, nothing else. Now, once again, we're looking at this in a very different circumstance, Max. We are we should, uh, just before you go on, we should <laughs> point out that we should point out that um, Games Pass recently got a price increase. It did. Um, now they don't, uh, they don't work the same as PlayStation where PlayStation, you buy 12 month periods. It's, it's monthly or three months. Yeah. Um, it did increase $3 a month. So what's, what, if you were to buy like so, four, three so, months, what does it come so, to? I think it, I, so games pass ultimate for instance is currently eighteen ninety five per month. Um, so let's see what it is for three months. So eighteen ninety four was it eighteen ninety five? Eighteen ninety five a month. Two twenty seven forty. If you pay yeah. monthly. If you pay monthly. You pay three I can't monthly. Yeah, eighteen ninety five a month. What is it for a fucking three month? JB has the cards. Uh okay, so uh, forty seven ninety five dollars. Forty seven ninety five. So three, four, hundred and ninety one eighty. So to buy Games Pass Ultimate across, that's PC, Xbox. Yep. It now includes games with gold because gold's been bundled in. You're probably getting more value than what we get at a at our okay. premium tier. I will. I will go. I've said this. I've said this before, and I'll continue to repeat it. Game Pass for your dollar is an incredibly better service. However, is is does that make it any more financially viable? No. Does the, is this more financially viable? Also, no. Like, you know, uh, one of the things that I saw from Ashley Hobley uh, over from Platinum Explosion, the Explosion Network over on Twitter was like, well, this demonstrates that subscription services are not, uh, not feasible, not financially viable. And I would agree because like, every service is getting more expensive and we're paying less. And, sorry, and we're receiving less. And it's, it's, it's a, it, look, this is essentially a bigger rant about everything going up, but profits of companies continuing to be more. It's because, you know, we li not, I love capitalism. Capitalism has done some great things for me. Fucking A, go capitalism. But like this understanding of perpetual growth at all costs is gross. Like the pandemic altered everything in terms of what was expected in a growth profit for a year. And then the following recession, yet still wanting to meet that without that understanding of because it, it's fucking systems, whole kinds of fuck. Is socialism better? No. Is communism better? No. No, it's not. They only work on small scale. And in the world that we are, especially with this globalization, it's not possible. Um, but yeah, in short, the system, the service already sucked. Well, it's, it's fine. But the point I was making is like, you and I are coming from a place of privilege, Max. We're very lucky. The nature of what we do and how long we've been doing it for, we do have access to pretty much any game we ever have wanted. 
Like mm. we've got a review code or you know, whatever, right? We're pretty covered. So like that middle tier, the deluxe tier, sorry, the uh, extra tier isn't really helpful for us because it's like, hey, here's all this back catalog of awesome games. But I've played most of them. Very few grab me. Where mm. like, as I mentioned before, my partner, like Phoebe, she has, she had never owned a PlayStation before. So the deluxe tier, sorry, the extra tier is perfect for her. She's been able to buy a, play a bunch of fucking games that she wouldn't have bought full price because she's dipping her toes in, right? She's still finding what genres of games are of interest to her. So the service is brilliant. But, and like for you and I, what I wanted was a really good classics collection. I wanted mm. to play the PS1 games that I grew up with or the PS2 games, you know, or the Vita games I missed or the PS3 games I wish I could play again. But it's just like, it, like we discussed it when it launched. We're like, this is a shitty ham-fisted delivery. It's fucked. Like it felt like it was pushed out of the gate way earlier than it should have. And I th and right now we're seeing that again. They're pushing it out. They're making change without clearly explaining to us what it is they are going to be doing to to make that of value. Now in the chat. Uh, MGV, MGB mentions uh, about the idea of adding in um, a movie pass. So he and I have been discussing um, outside of the show about the idea of like, what if they get access to Sony movies or Crunchyroll or something? Not going to happen. couple of reasons. Sony make a fuck ton of money off Crunchyroll. If they lump those two subscriptions together that's le that's actually literally less money and the amount of fucking crossover between giant nerds and weebs coming together like that makes money like if you can charge them fucking however however much 79.95 a year oh sorry 95.95 a year over here for your basic ps plus and they can also charge the equivalent for crunchy roll why mix the two well, I, mean, I can I ring, mean that ring those weebs for all their money well i mean that's the thing like I, again, I'm not, it's, it's one of those things where like, if you look at it in a dollar value, if you were to pay, let's just use the extra tier, for example, it's mm. going up to 170 bucks. That is what one and a half, uh, full price games in Australia right now. Yeah. With the retail so price you, of 120. Yeah. So, I mean, realistically, if you can get two games out of that extra subscription for your year, you're kind of getting your money's worth. Mm. Is it still gross? Yes, <laughs> of course. But in a value from money, it probably is still decent-ish value in the face of things. If you can get those two titles that you've never played. Now, Sony aren't great at releasing their shit day and date like Games Pass. And do. they won't, and that's fine. And I'm and okay I don't think with that ever, business I don't model. Think, no, I don't think they ever will. No but it does lessen the value on this side of the fence compared to the other side of the fence. Um, because it, like you said, especially for us um, and most people who uh, are not necessarily most people, but a lot of the hardcore gamers who do want to play those new things day one, they want to, you know, they want to experience them first. They don't want to have anything spoiled for them. They want to, you know, they want to play when it's fresh, when it's in the side guys, so they can talk about it when everyone else is talking about it. It does lose its value there. But if you're like, hey, I never, I never got to play Spider-Man 
for $169.95, I can play Spider-Man and a few other games. I can I play Spider-Man, yet. Miles Morales, the DLC, plus yeah, like, fucking God of War, Grant, you know, uh, this, God, Ghost of Tsushima, fucking Last of Us, you know, whatever you want. Like, $169 doesn't seem that bad. But in 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 most user cases, it's probably really shitty. Yeah. So it's just one of those things. Like I'm, I'm canceling my premium. Mine just gonna, came out, so I, I got gonna, fucking stung. Not with the not, thankfully gonna, not with the full one, but but yeah, because mine gonna, renews I'm gonna swap, in yeah. Yeah, I'm going to swap mine back down to essential, yeah. um, which means I'm literally going to be paying a hundred bucks just to play Destiny and Rocket League online. Yeah, which is kind of gross. Yep. And this is coming from the from the console that used to not charge to use online services. Mm. How times have changed. Let us know what you think of these price hikes um, in the comments below. Heads up on socials. We'd love to hear hear what you have to say. Um, short answer is it's fucked. And they, be- about and they better th- do fucking something. Is the short answer. Thinking, uh, talking about things that are fucked and overpriced. Hey. Let's talk the PlayStation Portal. Oh yeah. So, Sony's previously announced Remote Play Portable for PS5. The PlayStation Portal will officially launch on the 15th of November, as dated earlier this week. Pre-orders are open now in select countries via Sony's own direct-to-consumer storefront, the PlayStation Direct. The manufacturer says that pre-orders will open in other retailers on the 29th of September. No Australian price or date has been given as of yet. The device will retail for $200 US or £199 in the UK, so it's fairly pricey, but it's not going to break the bank, apparently. Uh, it does feature all the functionalities from the DualSense, including adaptive triggers, haptic feedback, all that jazz, so there are no compromises except having to own a fucking PlayStation 5. Yeah, except and having uh, And having uh, a decent only. internet connection to... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is going to be about 280 <laughs> Like, easy. It's going to yeah. be fucking $280. It's fucked. Um, yeah. with such a sole purpose and novelty thing as as we discussed last week like Sony has always sold itself as the boutique um, console brand like it always has and we're seeing that now with the deluxe headphones the deluxe controllers um, earbuds this fucking thing and it is sort of not price it's not pricing themselves out of the market because people will pay like there's there is that little bit of that confidence in what they what they deliver what they sell like people will pay it if they want it, they'll buy it. But they're also, but they're also seem seem very comfortable in tailoring to not uh, not an everyone market. But like, look, they'll, they'll go. Oh, look, we know some people will buy it. That's fine. You think they would have learned their lesson after you know the fourteen hundred dollar PS three in Australia? Yeah, or the PSVR one and two, which is very expensive. They're not supporting, so that's cool. You know, it's a, it's an interesting decision. Now, like, I'm keen to check it out. Uh, I ain't buying one, um, mostly because the function, the functionality of what I would want it for is as once once again, as someone that that now works interstate a lot, I would love to not have to have my entire carry on be allocated to my PS5. If I could remote to it with a device like this, that would be brilliant. But a hotel Wi-Fi sucks. Two, my internet at home is really good. That's nice. But the entire fucking point is to have a smooth, portable service. And it's not mm. a portable like a PSP or a Vita. And even the naming convention, P, you know, PS Portal. It's just a little bit too close to PlayStation Portable and lying. That's a portal to your PlayStation that's at home. That's not portable. 
It doesn't say portable. It's a portal to your PlayStation. Yeah, no, no, like there's, they're saying it in a way to invoke a particular feeling. Of course. But it's not getting there. Um, look, PlayStation Australia. Like, I'd be I'd fucking keen as hell to check one out. Like, I, I, I actually would love to test it. Like I said, once again, I want to give it a bell, go in a state, see how it works, then see how it works locally too. Like, so I play it in bed. Like, I've got a backbone. I don't like the backbone because the thumbsticks suck. The triggers are sucky and it doesn't ho- it doesn't fit in your hand like a controller would. And this is just a dual sense broken apart with a screen in it. That's the optimum way to play a portable game, right? So I want to see if it works. I want to fuck with it. You know, said so look, I'll, I'll be in Sydney. I'll come to the, I'll, I'll come and punch it in offices and be like, hey, can I give it a bell here and try it to my punch it at home? It's exactly what I want to do. I spend you know x amount of my time in Sydney, so fucking a. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and obviously yourself, you work nights, you home, you're fine. This is not something I you am. need. It's definitely not something I need. All right, let's get into some because uh, once, once again, we're talking about here how PlayStation 8 have announced have announced Dick. Um, they're keeping th- keeping shit keeping shit quiet, which in one sense has been very really cool, but in some sense it's been bad because right now out after uh, Spider Man, we have no idea. We know of Wolverine, and that's it. So, we need a state of play. Sony is primed and ready to deliver a new state of play live stream in September. That's the month we are in now. If new rumors are beats believed. Now, these are different to the other rumors that happened every week until a state of play happened. Everyone went, oh, called it. No, you didn't. You were wrong for eight months, you fucks. Uh, Jeff Grubb of Giant Bomb uh, took to Twitter overnight to share he's heard, quote, a state of play is coming. That's fucking so specific. It's incredible. Uh, and given Sony's recent track record of hosting events like the PlayStation Showcase in September, uh, it seems like we're only a few weeks away from the company's next info dump. Completely theoretical. <clears throat> Excuse me. The reliable journalist that then adds yesterday's controversial PS Plus price increase feels like a quote lead in end quote for the state of play. That's also speculative. That's that's kind of nicely like optimal, you know. Uh, putting an optimistic whitewashing on the price increase, which may suggest we'll hear why Sony feels it needs to raise the cost by the- after it's been raised. That is dumb. That is fucking, if that is the case, that is garbage business practices. Hey, we're going to make you pay more and then explain to you when you don't have the choice anymore. It's fucking gross. Uh, what could Sony spotlight during a state of play live stream next month? You know, I hear you may be saying, Max. Well, you you said that because you typed it. Marvel Spider-Man 2 would obviously receive a lot of attention. And from a first party perspective, Helldivers 2 is still, rela- is still slated to release this year. And there's also Rise of the Ronin, which is rumored to be launching in early 2024. And both PS5 titles could get firm release dates during this event. Now I added some editorializing in there. You may have noticed. Um, what's your thoughts? Yeah, it it does feel. I mean, you know, track record. They do normally hold a showcase in September. Ooh. We haven't had one since shit. When was the last one? Like months ago now. Yeah, back when they did the Spider Man Two, um, thing, which was I think before. Was it? That it was, was June. Ke- it was Keely's previous showcase. What was it? Summer Games Fest. I think was when that was around the time that happened. Yeah, it was around May, June, because I remember, yeah, flying back from Sydney. I started my new job in the middle of June. I'm flying yeah. back, trying to make sure I buy the collector's edition. 
So there's that whole, you know, we're still, um, as MGB Live put in the chat, we're still talking, we still haven't spoke, uh, heard much about the Slim console that's apparently been leaked online that, that, that developers, uh, will have hands on with. There's still that, that talk of, uh, a pro revision of the console and there is what is happening after yeah, uh, this year. That's great like, and all. But a showcase that says, "Hey, can you spend more money on oh, I, I don't think that I don't think they're going to explain why they're upping their price. They're upping the price because they can. Yeah, uh, and we don't really have. But that's a what I'm saying. The idea of them doing a showcase to go, "Hey, here's a bunch of accessories you probably don't need nor can afford. Here's hmm. new versions of our consoles that you neither need nor can, nor can afford. That would that would be like what yeah. they need to do is go." hey, here's a bunch of games that you want to spend your money on on the system that you already have or to want to buy. That's what they need to be doing. Like, the, the accessories are fucking meaningless. The console is meaningless if we don't know what cool shit is coming. Like, especially within the industry of gaming where it is literally about like, hey, that's cool. What, what have you done for me lately? What's next? The entire industry is built on that model. Do I see one happening this month, Max? I don't know. Not until I see it. Like until I until I get that email and that says, "Hey, this is booked in at this time." That's the only time. Until that happens, everyone is full of fucking garbage. Period. Even the most sourced, the most whomever, like even them, the most reliable, including your fucking Jason Shriers, your Grubs, your Tom Hendersons. Most of them spent the last like from like January through to May being like, here it's next week. We hear it's, it's this month. It's late. You know, it's coming in late, late May. It's currently the 24th of May. You know what I mean? It like that's, be, it will be a showcase in 2023. Yeah. Then that's yeah. about it. And like, it's, it's, it's a problem. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Let's talk some SAG Afra strike stuff. All right. So SAG-AFRA's national board is unanimously seeking permission from union members to strike against a number of video game makers ahead of negotiations resuming later this month. The union's initial contract with major video game companies, the Interactive Media Agreement, has extended past its initial expiration date last fall, so uh, autumn here. Spring. Yeah, spring here. Sorry, back in the last. Um, as yeah, as SAG-AFRA negotiated with companies for critical terms that their members needed. The union said Friday oh, wait, in news no. release, uh... quote, unfortunately, throughout the negotiations, the companies have failed to address those needs, end quote. Once again, we are facing employer greed and disrespect. Once again, artificial intelligence is putting our members in jeopardy of reducing their opportunity to work. And once again, SAG-AFRA is standing up to tyranny on behalf of its members. Uh, Fran Drescher, the union's president, said in the statement, the, quote, the disease of greed is spreading like wildfire, ready to burn workers out of their livelihoods and humans out of their usefulness. We at SAG-AFRA say no, not on our watch. While the strike authorization does not launch a strike, it can be a useful tool at the bargaining table because it gives the union the ability to declare a strike if negotiations break down. Eligible SAG-AFRA members will be available to vote on authorizing a strike until the 25th of September at 5 p.m. Pacific time, the evening before discussions resume. SAG-AFRA is currently seeking an 11% retroactive wage increase for its video game performers, as well as a 4% increase in the contract's second and third years in order to offset inflation. 
It is an identical request to the one it has made to the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers as part of the union's ongoing strike against film and television companies. The companies involved in the negotiations include Activision, Epic Games, Warner Brothers Games, which have game portfolios including the immensely popular series such as Star Wars, Battlefront, Call of Duty, and Mortal Kombat. Quote, the interactive nature of games are built upon the use of such technologies, end quote. A source familiar with the company's negotiations told CNN, quote, changing that now would fundamentally change how games are made, end quote. The source added resolutions or tentative agreements have been reached on nine of the union's 16 proposals. Thoughts? Fuck them. Fuck them. Do it. Strike. Ha- make them eat dick. Like, no, 100%. Like, I, I'm I'm not the big left-leaning... Like, I'm not I'm not as left-leaning as I once was. Like, as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot more, like, not, not, con- not conservative, but just, like, realist, right? But when it comes to shit like this, pay people what they're fucking worth. It's simple. It's completely simple. Like we got, we got these companies that, as, as I mentioned earlier, that are just sitting on this exorbitant yearly profits, and like, granted, you've got CEOs making millions and millions of dollars. I say that knowing full well that I don't want their fucking job. I don't want the responsibility that comes with that job. But like, what is the limit at which they don't need money anymore? Now I understand the individuals that are within those C, you know, C level executives, right? Or your CEOs, etc. There has to be a level of sociopathy within these people in order to be in this position. You can't become the CEO of you can't become fucking Bobby Kotick or, you know, uh fuck the other dude from from 2K who I just started saying in my head and then I distracted by Bobby. Uh Zelnik, right? You can't be these people without not giving a fucking care about someone, about others or those that work under you. You have to have this level of carelessness and disregard for your employees to in order to see them only as numbers to make it exactly this, right? So fuck them. Fuck them, right? Union, unionize, get what you're worth, make it better. Because right now they can't be like, Oh, you know, oh, it's, we can't pay them because games are too expensive to make. Fuck off. They are expensive, but you you are finding ways to charge more, aren't you? <laughs> I sure hope this $385 million in profit that they're going to make from PlayStation Plus alone, I bet, I guarantee that's not going to be fucking paying people at PlayStation First Party Studios. That is not going to be paying their writing team. It's not going to be paying their fucking creative team. Their voice actors. It ain't going. It's going exactly where you think it's going to go. Fuck them. Fuck all of them. That's my thoughts. As you can tell, I'm, you know, sitting on the fence. Uh... Your thoughts, Max? Ah, uh, yeah, pretty much the same thing. Making me dicks. Yeah. No, it, 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 it is it is essentially that, right? You know, my I work in a creative field now, pay, and it's pay fucking Pay the fucking hard. people to make you the money. Yeah. Pay the, pay the people to make you the money. You want the money? You want the money still? Pay them. Yeah, if you want that money that you're grabbing onto, you won't have any of that without the content, as you, as you call it. You know, not the movies, the TV, the music, the writing, the production, all these incredible things because of the nature of the world that we live in where everything is, you know, pump and dump, gross. Yeah. 
you know, when it comes to content, it's it's all about, you know, don't think, consume. Once you've consumed it, what's next? Nothing and, has and the same the value that it used to. Remember the last time writers went on strike and we just got fucking bombarded with the shithouse reality TV? What's yeah. the equivalent of reality TV in the game? And you know space? what? That never went away. If you think about it, what are the most popular shows on free-to-air TV at the moment? Reality. It's TV. fucking like Lego Masters. It's Married at First Sight. It's The Block. It's fucking Gogglebox, which is just a show about people watching fucking shows. Because they're cheap. But then you think about what are like the, the legitimately fucking incredible pieces of co- pieces of content, pieces of movies, TV, everything. It is incredibly well written, well acted, well conceptualized. It's just incredible fucking cinema or TV. And that came from a writing team. And even then, the idea that you can just AI everything is coming from such a place of utter ignorance. Because you still have to have someone build on that, uh, you know, build it. Because that AI, that AI can only learn from what's come before it. Right now, we're at a greater problem where no one's thinking of new shit to do and just remaking old. What is AI if not just remaking the old? Eventually, there'll come a point where there is nothing to remake anymore. There is nothing to reboot. There is nothing to from this AI to pull from that is truly original. So, saying that coming from a from from us, we just talk about other people's shit. We make nothing unique. My day job's making unique, and it's fucking hard. It's really hard. But there you go. Uh, well, assuming that this strike doesn't happen, here are the games that are coming. Out. <laughs> here are the games coming out this week. So we have, I'm going to have to like zip across two pages because God forbid they have them on one page. We have Chance of Sanaa coming to PlayStation 4 on September 5th. We have Monochrome Mobius, Rights and Wrongs Forgotten Mobius. coming, to, play, hmm, coming to PlayStation 5 and 4 on September 5th. Baldur's Gate 3, PS5 only, September 6th. Rugby 24 coming to both on September 7th. Oh, fuck Baldur's Gate, Rugby. The Many Pieces of Mr. Koo coming to PS5 September 7th. We have Anonymous Code coming to PS4 September 8th. We have Toss coming to PS5 September 7th. Shit, I missed one. Love a good Toss. We have NBA 2K24 coming to PS5 on September 8th. Oh, yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So clearly the, the, answer is, the answer is Anonymous Code because either they, either that's the game or they forgot to name it. Both options uh, could be poo. Both options could be poo. But there you go. Let us know what you think of my fucking ranty antics this evening. And Max, he was here. I was here. I did my. I did my bit. Yeah, I read could, the news. You know, once, once again, I, I just don't shut the fuck up and keep talking. Who would have thought? That's right. I thought it was. I thought it was going to be a fucking. Oh no. What? I just got an email saying, thank you for your purchase on PlayStation. Oh no, what'd you buy? <laughs> what? What did I buy? Oh, EA Play. That's fine. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's oh, dude, that always fucks me. Cause like my That's son- not a $200 charge. <laughs> yeah, that happened to me the other day. I, I got a ping. I went, bing. I'm like, oh no, what have I purchased? And it was like, my kid down- downloaded like the ABC app. On, on, on my PlayStation at his house. I was like, oh, that's okay. 
Who uh, out of me? Because like I don't have any password. Like he knows not to buy anything through the store, so um, probably would have been approved by his mum. EA Play says MGB. What for UFC? Ah, uh, I think I think I got it for FIFA at one point. Yeah, sounds like something I would do. It does sound like something you would do. <laughs> for someone that does not a big fan of sports, you do enjoy good sports games. I do. I do enjoy good FIFA. Yeah. All right, let's get let's uh, get the fuck out of here. So, big thank you to everyone for checking in and listening to the show, enjoying uh, and not enjoying, just taking part in my nonsense and tolerating it. I guess, uh, but as we say each and every week, you know, one of the greatest things you can do is one of the most precious things we have in this world is time. So, thank you for choosing to spend yours with us, and won't take up too much more of it as we head into the last part. So, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh... As always, this PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including our podcast and Spotify, and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you want to check out future conversations, we'll take part in them. Come check out our uh, socials, Facebook, Discord, Instagram, and X. All of those links can be found in the description below. If you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures, where you can watch us record this show live, or you can jump, we jump in the chat and become part of the show. If you want to support the show, you can. Tell your friends, tell your family about this position pod. If you are listening on podcast services, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a written review. If you watch us on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, or comment below. I endeavor to answer every single comment. And if you want to support us financially, you can at patreon.com slash popculturist, as well as our merchandise store, popculturist.com slash shop. We can buy shirts, other assorted shit with our logos on it. But until next week, I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And that was for the players. At the same great price that you've always paid. Yeah, it's still fucking free. <laughs> Some would argue that we're not even worth free. Oh, and they are correct. <laughs>